and go ahead and turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 17. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. And I am going to start reading in verse number 11. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 17, verse 11. We're probably going to go all the way down to verse number 17. When you get there, you can say amen. And now it happened, verse 11, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when Jesus, he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so as it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Pray with me. Father, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, there is no name, Lord, that is above your name in all of the earth. God, we stand in your presence, attentive to what you want to say to us today, because as you have so clearly stated and we have embraced And we believe that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. So, Father, will you use this vessel to communicate these eternal truths so as that we would be more compelled and more conformed to do your will, to activate your will, and to truly understand what it really means to be grateful and to be thankful. We thank you, Lord, in advance for how you're going to encourage us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. We're kicking off a brand new series today entitled Thankful. And this is a time of year when we are thinking about Thanksgiving. It's a time of the year we start to think about family and those things that are really, really important in life. And so today, our subtitle of our message today will be The Power of a Thankful Life. The Power of a Thankful Life. One of the most important things that we can do in life is to give thanks to God. I said one of the most important things that we can do in life is give thanks to God. I want you to understand this morning as we go into this that 
sometimes, you know, we don't fully recognize the power of thanksgiving or to really understand how serious God is about this issue. You study the scriptures. One of the things you found out really throughout all the scriptures that God always required that his people have a grateful heart, that they be thankful. And you recall in certain passages in the Bible that when the children of God were not thankful, when, you know, there were times when they would complain about things because simply they didn't have things the way that they wanted them, uh, they would just start complaining. They weren't thankful. And it was those moments that God would get very offended. Because when we don't thank God, we don't recognize who is our source and who is our provider. And so every time you thank God, you are saying something very, very significant. We're going to dig into that today. And as you know, it seems that we live in a society today that feels like it's owed everything. And I've been on the earth some 51 short years, and it seems like that as time moves ahead, that generation don't fully uh, understand and appreciate all that God is doing in our lives. How many know that it's up to the church to point back to Christ? It's up to us to let people know that Christ is our provider. He's our source. Too often, we tend to focus on what we don't have. It's a natural default. You know, when we really want something, when life kind of presses in on us, we have a tendency to just focus on that. We have a tendency sometimes to just try to uh, to rattle heaven. You know, Lord, you know, why haven't things happened in my life the way, God, that I've been believing? God, what is taking you so long? Has anybody ever asked God, Lord, what's taking you so long? And if you're not careful, if, you don't, if we don't develop a habit of being thankful, you will drift into an attitude of ungratefulness. And sometimes it doesn't happen instantly. It's a lot of times it's, it's kind of progressive. That before you know it, you'll find yourself to start to criticize everything and everybody. And I like to call it, and if you're not careful, you'll slowly, be, your life will become skunkish. I kind of made that term up, and that means that nobody will want to be around you. How many know nobody likes negative energy? How many you love to be around people that's always complaining about everything? How, how many you love, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, just the, every, everything is negative. They ain't never happy about nothing. And if they smile, they smile for two seconds only so that they can hurry up and be angry again. You know, uh, so we got to be careful because we can become, our lives can become skunkish. And how many know that we're supposed to be drawing people to God, not pushing people away? And, and one of the things that happens is when we have a grateful life, when we live a life that is thankful, there's something that's very attractive about that. And, and, and in fact, it helps to, to put life into perspective. You know, it, 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 it helps us to understand that, that I don't care where you are in life. I don't care what you're going through. And I know some of you have been going through some stuff. I don't care what you're going through in life. Hear me. There's never a time when you can look at your life and find something that you can be grateful to God for. Is anybody hearing what I just said? I don't care where you are. You can always find something to be thankful for. And, and let me hasten to say, God requires it. 
If you really want to get God's attention, have an attitude of gratitude. Don't just complain and tell God what you want, but take, how many know we need to take a little time and say, God, I want to first thank you for what you did, because how many know God didn't have to do what he did in your life? Listen, you didn't have to be here this morning. You didn't have to wake up with breath in your body. You didn't have to have that house that you're living in. You didn't have to have that car that you drive. You didn't have to have any of that, but God did it anyhow. Look at your neighbor and say he did it anyhow. So we need to live a life where we focus on what God is doing. Because then I think we become more grateful. And how many know that will chase complaining away? Because we'll talk about that next week. But complaining is a non-starter with God. I said complaining is a non-starter with God. Read your Bible. You know what I'm talking about. We'll talk more about it next week. So we understand that Satan, he wants us to be ungrateful. He wants us to be unthankful. Satan wants us never satisfied. He wants us always complaining because Satan knows if he can get us thinking that way, that we'll miss the blessing of God. He knows it. So he wants you to be frustrated. He wants you to be irritated. He wants you to even be mad at God. Because he don't want you to be blessed because Satan understands the power of thanksgiving. A lot of Christians don't. Satan does. So he don't want you to be happy. So one of the things I want to start this sermon off by highlighting the fact that one of the characteristics of of sinners is an, an ungrateful spirit. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, and it reads like this. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Talking about God. Think about it. His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and his Godhead. So that they are without excuse. How many know that the whole creation testifies to the glory, the beauty of God? Everything that we see, it testifies to who God is. Because although they knew God, look at this church, they did not glorify him as God. Watch this. Nor were thankful. See, I, I, I don't think, how many know that when somebody blesses you with something and they give you something and you know it, what is one of your first responses? Thank you. See, a lot of people don't really understand or, 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 or they're blinded to the fact that God is the provider of everything you have. And so when we don't do that, we, we, we don't say thank you. It, what we're saying is, God, we're not trusting in you all that much. How many know that's the testimony of the world? They refuse to acknowledge his sovereign power and his grace. The Bible goes on to say in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, but look at this. But know this, that in the last days, how many know that we're living in the last days? We're, we are living in the last days. He says, dangerous or perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. In other words, we will thank one another, perhaps. We will honor one another. We will, we, we, we will, give, we will, we will just give a, a praises to one another. Men will be lovers of themselves. In other words, they're gonna, we can love on ourselves. But we're not going to point to God. Men will be lovers of themselves. 
I did this. How many know that an ungrateful heart is, is, is a hint that there's some pride in the, in the heart? So he said, men will be lovers of themselves. In other words, I worship myself. I tell people all the time, be careful about idols. You ever hear when they say, you know, the uh, American idol? I'm not knocking American idol. I'm just saying. That, how many know that, 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 that the real idol is God himself? We need to make sure that we're worshiping him. Amen? He is our example. He is the person that we want our kids to esteem to be like. I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Jesus. Can the church say amen to that? And I love Mike. I love his game. Amen. But he says, but lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters. Look at this. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Look at this. And here it is again. Unthankful. Unthankful. See, thankful, thankfulness demonstrates our trust in God. Thankfulness, think about it. Thankfulness is a testimony to who you believe in. When you say thank you to God in front of your unbelievers, how many know, how many know that that's a testimony? Because after a while, if you say it enough, people start saying, well, how, can you, how come you always thanking God? And that's an awesome opportunity to say, because he provided for me. He took care of me, and I got what I have because God did it. I got a new car because God blessed me. I got a house because God did it. I got a job because God did it. I, I'm blessed because God did it. I mean, no, God did it all. So every time we say thank, thank you to him, we're testifying that, God, you are my source. You are my hope. You are the one that's providing for me. Not man. How many know man is not providing for us? Your job is not providing. For, oh, come on, church. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Your job is not providing for you. God is your provider. And the church ought to say amen to that. You got to believe that. And so it brings us down as we develop this teaching today to the lepers. We read this at the beginning of our service, at the beginning of the sermon. Here we have these 10 lepers. Now, you got to understand a little bit about leprosy. It's a very, very horrible disease, an incurable disease. It was uh, highly contagious. And in fact, in those days when somebody got leprosy, they was pretty much quarantined, kept away from everything and everybody. Now, they could only hang out with themselves. And in fact, when, 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 when people would come anywhere near them, they would have to yell, unclean, unclean. I mean, this was a horrible disease. And so they happened to hear about Jesus because obviously Jesus had been healing. He had been doing miracles. And how many know that when you've been in, in a bad place for a long time, how many know you're looking for an opportunity for, for a change? Come on, somebody. So here are these lepers. They were in a situation that, man, the life was really bad. Could you imagine that not only are you sick, but you can't even be around people? And in fact, when people would see your skin falling off and looking the way that it did, they said, ew, they, 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 didn't, they stayed away from you. It's one thing to be sick and have a disease. It's a whole other thing to be isolated from anybody. But how many know that the human touch is what we all need? They, they could not do that. So here they are, they are in a desperate place. And all of a sudden, they hear about a man named Jesus who can perform a miracle. 
And like any one of us would do, Jesus, I mean, it's a possibility. I don't know, but I'm going for it. How many know you're going to go for it? And so Jesus comes on the scene, and then they begin to shout out, Lord, Lord, have mercy on us. In other words, they say they wanted to be healed. They needed to be cleansed because there was really no other hope for them. So there's some things I want to pull from this particular text that I think is important that will help us as it relates to thankful, being thankful. Now, Jesus had cured 10 lepers. Everybody say 10. But only one of the 10 turned around to come back to give him thanks. Only one. I work with me. If I was in that predicament, as bad as that was, you would think that somebody would have came back and said, you know, other than one person said, hold up, man, I mean, I've been like this for how many years? And, and geez, I'm healed. I mean, boy, I mean, that, that, I mean, that was a permanent condition. You would think that all of them would have ran back and said, Lord, nothing else. I appreciate it. Them jokers took the blessing and ran out of here. We don't even know where they, we don't even know where they went. They just ran. I'm out of here. One came back. One, one came back. I want you to understand something. How many know that thankfulness is in the minority? A lot of people are not really going to be thankful to God for what's happening in their life. And you know how good God is? That even though that we don't turn around and give God thanks, how many know God's still blessed anyway? See, that's why he's your savior. I'm not. Because it would have been me. Brother would have said, up, oh, leprosy back on you. That's how we think in the flesh. That's why I ain't just say, I'm glad you ain't my savior. Say it. <laughs> me too. I'd be dangerous. Brother back here said, amen, amen. So thankfulness is in the minority. There's not a lot of people that's going to be around you that's saying thanks to God. They're not going to do it. You live in a generation where people are not grateful to God. They're not thankful. So you got to understand that, yes, you are in the minority. But how many know that God has set you there to be a teacher and to be a witness? See, how many know that thankfulness, it is a decision that we make? How many know we got to choose to be different and give thanks? When everybody else on the job is complaining about the boss, can I, can I, come, can I, come, can I come to your address this morning? When everybody else is complaining about the boss and saying how terrible the boss is, won't you just say, hey, listen, if you're going to say something, won't you start it off with, well, let me tell you, I'm grateful that I got a job. I mean, because everybody else, this is how they live. But, but I want you to understand this morning that God is pulling the strings of your life. And here's what I know. I know this, that God is in charge of my life. That God, the steps of a good, how many of you believe this? That the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So watch this. I'm always going to be grateful because I understand who I'm serving. So, it, so, so if I happen to be somewhere I don't like, it's my assignment. So, so what God wants us to do is in our assignment, God wants us to say, Father, I thank you. It's not what I would have ordered up, but God, I thank you because I know that all of this stuff 
is working together for my good. Some good is going to happen to me. I'm in a situation right now. It's not favorable as far as I can see, but I know that God is pulling the strings on my life and some good is coming down the pike. So I'm going to rejoice even though you might have an ungodly boss, even though you don't like the job that you have, even though you don't like the situation that you have. I'm going to give God thanks anyhow. And when you start complaining, you become a bad witness. You got to choose to be different. How many know that the one leper, he said, I'm going to be different. I'm going to flip right back around because I don't care what they did. But, you know, I, I wanted to be said of me. He walked with God. Anybody want that testimony? I want the testimony of Enoch. But God, he walked with God for God took him. He, he was and he was not because God took him. And he had this testimony before he left. He walked with God. How I many know that's what we're doing? We're, we're building a God culture. You, you, you're shifting your atmosphere. So here it was. Now look at this verse here. Let's look at this verse. I want, I want you to lay your eyes on this verse. Now this, this is some revelation in this. So Jesus asked the question. Now, can I say this? How I many know Jesus watch? He sees when you're not thankful. How I many know God watches when we're ungrateful? You would think of all the things Jesus could have thought about. All the things. I even know Jesus probably had a pressing schedule. Some of y'all think y'all been busy. Come on, try Jesus. Y'all, he, you know, he didn't have time to eat most of the time. The people was all, and, and out of all of that, Jesus said, well, what, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. How come you, 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 you the only one? See, nine were cured, but only one was made well. See that? See, nine got their physical healing. See, now watch this, church. Y'all with me? Say amen. Because sometimes we got to be careful about this. And because I'm all, I, I believe the Bible teaches us that we ought to serve and look out for the interests of the poor. Amen? The Bible tells us that we ought to do good to those, those you know, that, 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 that have nothing or who are in, uh, in poverty and different things. The Bible calls us. To, to be mindful of those things, but even beyond that, how many know that if we only minister to the physical, we're not making them well. We might cure them. We might cure a problem, but they're not well until they come to Jesus. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? See, nine of them were cured, but only one of them, I like to say it this way. This is Pastor Gary, but I believe only one got saved. Because why, now why do I say that? Because he returned. Everybody say return. See, he returned, got on his knees, and, 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 and he blessed, he gave glory. Everybody said, give glory. He gave glory to God. I don't know what it sounded like, but it probably would have been like, God, you Lord, I worship you. I thank you. I bow down. How many know that sounds like a person that's been perhaps transformed because he recognized who it was that blessed them, and he recognized who pulled them out. Does anybody in this room recognize who it is that blessed you and pulled you out of some stuff? So these nine, they, they, they got a physical healing. Yeah, they, 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 they were cured, but they weren't made well. Only one got made well because there was a change not just on the outside, but there was a change on the inside. And how many know it's the inside stuff? How many know more than anything else, God sees the inside? The inside is what the, the, the spiritual transformation is what we really need. And until folk get a spiritual, we, we're going, I believe, November 19th, we're going to be ministering to a community. Praise God. And we're going to cure some people. We're going to do some, we're going to cure some hunger. 
We may even give some information. We're going to do all that. But how many know that at the end of the day, we want them to be made well? Are y'all hearing me? We haven't finished our job, church, until they be what? Made well. Spirit, look at the neighbor and say amen. So we got to understand this point. See, like the one leper, we must be willing to be different and stand out. You got to be willing to be unique. You got to be willing to be different. You got to be willing to be that one when nobody else is sitting at the table to say your grace and give God thanks for your food. You got to be the one. Some of us, come on, it's a little pressure, man. You know, we, we, we sneak it in. Now, y'all excuse me. I'm going to pray and give God thanks for my food. Wait, wait for one moment. I know you're talking, but can you hold on for one second? I do it all the time. You ought to try that. It's amazing, boy, how thankfulness will even become contagious sometimes. That's another part. That, 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 that even though they may not have a God consciousness about them, but that if you, look, if you say, Lord, I'm going to thank you for the food. You don't watch it. They're, about to, they're all confused. Even if they ain't right with God, they'd be like, uh, uh, uh. And they might even say, Lord, thank you too. <laughs> you know, because how many know thankfulness is contagious? It's contagious. But you got to be willing to be like that one leper. You got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to return. Before I eat this food, I'm going to return. Before I drive this car, I'm going to return. Before I walk in this house, I'm going to return. Before I go on this job, I'm going to return and give God the glory. Because somebody needs to see you return. They don't need to see you walking like you don't know that God is your provider. They don't need to see you as just another person just like them. They need to see that you've been made well. So what is the power of a thankful life? The power of a thankful life. I got a few of these and then we're going to get done. What's the power of a thankful life? Hmm. Number one, the power of a thankful life is this. A thankful life overcomes worry. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says this. Be anxious for nothing. Can I say this without offending somebody? And I've said this before, but how many know it's worth saying again? If you're, if you're sitting here today and you worried, it's your fault. But pastor, how can you say such a horrible thing? Jesus says, don't worry. Don't means what? Paul says, be anxious for what? But in everything, look at this, by prayer, watch this, prayer and supplication. Supplication means earnest requesting. Look at this, with thanksgiving. There it is. You see? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request, but make sure, for those who like to cook, that you mix in a heavy dose of thanksgiving in your prayer life. He said, then let your request, then and only then, let your request then be made known unto God. And watch this. And he says, now the peace of God will come. The peace of God will come. How many of you know? that it's hard to worry and be thankful at the same time. See, the minute that you ever feel that, that spirit of worry come on your life, then here's what you do. Instantly just start thanking God. But let me tell you something. And after a while, you'll see the worry is going to get chased away by a grateful heart. 
Look at your neighbor and say, choose peace. That's right. Tell him again. Say, choose peace. See, it's our choice. So, so how many know that if some of you are sitting here and you're worried this morning, maybe you're not thankful enough. Because a thankful life overcomes worry. So that's another reason why you need to be thankful. Just keep thanking God. Keep thanking God. Keep thanking God. And all of a sudden, you'll find out, man, I ain't worried about this no more. I, I, just, I just, my mind ain't there no more. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And people trying to figure out, how come you ain't, I will be, man, I'll be trying to jump off the roof. And you're saying, man, I, I, just, I, I just choose to be grateful. For what God has done. I'm, see, I'm preaching life to you this morning. I'm preaching life. See, when you start thinking this way, when you start talking this way, let me tell you something. You'll defeat what the enemy is trying to bring on you because he wants you to be loaded down with worry because you're not designed to worry. You are not designed to carry the load of worry. God didn't design. He designed you like in his image. How many know God ain't worried about a thing? See, a thankful life serves God with gladness. Psalms 100 says this, serve the Lord with gladness. Paul said it this way. I love this verse. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. Look at this, church. Who has enabled me because he counted me faithful. Putting me in the ministry. See, a thankful life, see, a thankful life, they serve God with gladness. See, see, what you do or what you don't do does not frustrate my service to God. Let, let me put it this way. You ever, you ever done something and in, in, in somebody else was supposed to do what they were supposed to do and they didn't do what they were supposed to do, so it got you all messed up. And then before you know it, if you're not careful, you'll be mad about doing the thing that God, that the serving God, when you're supposed to be happy about it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because other people. I mean, no, don't let other people steal your blessing. Paul said it this way. He says, I, I am glad that God counted me faithful enough that he put me in the ministry. He allowed me to serve him. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be mad about it. You Listen, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, but that's on you. I am glad to be a servant in the house of God. How many know, how many know it's an honor to work the sound ministry? It's an honor to play the piano. It's an honor to be on the stage. It's an honor to serve at the door. It's an honor to do in the hospitality ministry. It's an honor to serve in, in the kids' ministry. And no point should you be complaining. Your attitude should be, God, I thank you that you counted me faithful enough that you let me serve you. So, God, I'm going to give you everything I got. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to do it with all of my heart because you counted me faithful. So I'm going to serve. I mean, no thankful people, they serve with gladness. They ain't mad about a thing. They are delighted and glad because God allowed me. And then he said he would bless me. How I many you know that God, you don't deserve no blessing? Even on your best day, you still messed up. And then if I hear him saying this morning, and so a thankful person, a thankful heart, you, you, you serve God with gladness. A thankful heart produces an effective prayer life. Let me, let me, let me say this. Colossians 4.2 says this. Because many of us, we want to see God answer our prayers. Amen? I hope you all have a vibrant prayer life. Colossians 4.2 says, continue 
earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. See that? So continue earnestly in prayer, prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Now, can I just say this? That every one of your prayers at the beginning, and I would probably say at the end, you should start off with thanksgiving. Every one of your prayers. Start it off with, just give God an overdose of thanksgiving. How many know that you can never, over, you can never give God an overdose of thanksgiving? So start your prayers with thanksgiving because that is the key to God moving and answering your prayers. A grateful heart, a thankful heart when you pray. Again, because it's, it's demonstrating, it's demonstrating, again, that you're trusting in God. A thankful heart or a thankful life praises God. Everybody say praise God. See, when I'm thankful, man, I praise God. How many know that when you're thankful, you don't mind lifting up your hands? <laughs> you don't mind bowing down the knee. You don't mind if, you, if, 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 something, if God does something incredible and amazing in your life, you don't mind just stopping right in the grocery store and doing your holy dance because God did it. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Has anybody ever been there when God did something so incredible, so amazing, that you were just right out in public, you just said, oh, God. And somebody had to say, well, what's wrong with you? But just, just keep walking. Leave me alone. Let me have my moment. The Bible says in Psalm, look at this. The Bible says in Psalm 100, verse number four, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Watch this. Don't enter his gates with complaining. Don't enter his gates with irritability. <laughs> Don't enter his gates with a a jacked up spirit where you're acting like somebody owe you. No, enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. How many of you know the atmosphere is everything with God? Atmosphere. This is why we like to start the thing off with thanks. And we like to start the thing off with praise because the Bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So this is one of the reasons why we gather our whole team, our whole ministry team together on in the morning. We do this for, because we want all, everybody to come together as one. Watch this, because how I many know atmosphere is everything. We want to come together as one, and we want to make sure that we adjust our spirits. Because some of us, how I many know that we need to detox our spirits from the world? Because we come in with stuff, and you don't mean. Listen, you you ain't. It don't. It don't mean that you don't love God. It just means that you got a lot of baggage. Sometimes walking in the door. Sometimes your mind ain't in the right place. Walking in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes your heart is not right. Your attitude is not right. Now, why is this important? Because the Bible says, "Enter His gates with thanksgiving." So, watch this. When there's an atmosphere that is full of faith, an atmosphere that is full of thanksgiving, an atmosphere that is full of praise, let me tell you something. Now you open up the portals for God to come right on in and tabernacle right amongst His people. How many of you want His presence? Atmosphere is everything. So you ever notice that that you can be someplace and, and, and everybody's doing well and man it's the, the spirit of God is up and things are happening and all of a sudden one person come in and they just and their spirit is all messed up and they mess up the whole atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about? How I many one person come in and mess up the whole thing? Well, what's wrong with you? Man, you come in here zapping them. Oh, come on, come on. But see, you gotta overpower that with your faith. You got to let them know, no, we will bless the Lord. We're going to enter his, we're going to enter his gates with praise because our thankful life, we just love to praise God. 
Praise and thanks will, how many know that thanksgiving and praise will invoke the power of God? Psalm 50, 23 says this, whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who ordered his conduct right, I will show him my salvation. Jeremiah 30, 19, then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry and I will multiply them, and they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Those, these are the folks that understand the power of being thankful. And we said this earlier, but a thankful life is contagious. I just want to read this verse, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. How many know that your attitude toward God is not meant to be secret? I'm going to say that again. Well, I'm not going to say nothing unless they say something to me. Show me where the scripture is that, 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 that tells us how, how you live your faith. How many know this, this, this scripture, anything about the scripture, it, it is always taking initiative. Everybody say initiative. We got to let people know who it is that we're serving because we want that lifestyle to be contagious. And it is contagious when we are thankful to God. And then lastly, a thankful heart remembers where their blessings come from. A thankful heart remembers where their blessing comes from. Deuteronomy 8 verses 11 through 14. And it says this, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Look at this. By not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. Let's watch this church. Are you still listening? Say amen. Let's when you have eaten and are full. There it is. And have beautiful houses to dwell in. And when your herds and your flocks multiply. Look at this church. And your silver and your gold are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. You think God might be trying to tell us something in that verse? <laughs> when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And let me say this. It is so easily, it's so easy to practically forget where your blessings come from. Under, I said practically. Because if I ask 99.9% .9 of the people where your blessing come from, everybody would say mentally, it's coming from God. But how many know that unless you're walking it out, you ain't really proved nothing yet? How many know that the tree is known by his what? So when you say you love God, you got to do what? You got to show it. See, it's not enough to say, oh, I know what God bless you from. Yeah, you know what God bless you from. How come we ain't seen you in two years? How come you're not fellowshipping with the saints? How, how come you're not serving? How come you're not giving to God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? A tree is known by his what? Fruit. How many know not coming to church and fellowshipping on the regular might indicate that we might have forgotten? Not tithing or abundantly giving to the Lord's work might indicate that we have forgotten. Not giving and helping others may be an indication that perhaps we have forgotten. It's not about what you say. It's about what you what? Do. See, a thankful heart remembers. So how do you show God that you know that he, 
that he's the one that provided for you. You give, you serve his interest. And the more you do that, you testify. The more you do that, you testify that God, I thank you that you are my provider, that you are my source, and the God that you gave me all these things. And one of the ways that we do that is by serving, giving, and making sure that we're positioning ourselves in such a way that all the world know that God is our trust. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. And we're going to be preparing for communion this morning.